Red. We're going to chat right now with Dr. Nancy Chen, who is a professor of managerial economics and decision sciences at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management and a founding director of China Econ Lab and Northwestern's China Lab. Um, Dr. Chen, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. You know, when we take a look at this and sort of the situation that's going on with with China right now, and I keep hearing about Shanghai, but I'm sure there's other locales as well where people are being confined to their home and on government rationed food. I mean, just absolutely horrible stories that have been going on for weeks on end. There's been a a spectrum of responses to COVID, and you can talk about the heavy touch or the light touch or whatever the case may be, but China has pursued COVID zero, right? That's been their plan from the beginning, the COVID zeros approach? Yes, that's right. So what does that look like? What's the, the, the main goal is snuff out any outbreak as quickly as you can, correct? Yeah, that's right. So from the very beginning, China decided that uh, one thing that it can do, and you know, uh, was that if there was to do mass random testing, and if there was a case, any case, they would do an immediate lockdown of the city. And you know, I know this may this is it was a bit drastic, but by by most accounts, it was very successful in keeping COVID very at very low levels. Uh, and probably made sense when there was no vaccines available. And the interesting thing about what's going on now in Shanghai is that Shanghai was the first city that openly said that it wasn't going to do COVID zero. This is uh, you know right before the current outbreak. Instead, instead of locking down the whole city, it was doing massive testing, and then whenever it got a case, they would just lock down the apartment block. So this was like a more flexible approach to COVID zero. And then when Omicron, you know, reached to Hong Kong and came to the mainland, Shanghai said, well, okay, so we'll, we'll do a lockdown, but we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll lock down half a city four days at a time. And the, so, and the interesting thing is at the end of this, you know, four day and four day, uh, essentially the central government told Shanghai, that they had to lock down indefinitely the entire city. So all of a sudden, 26 million people who prepared for four days of a lockdown were now, you know, they're now locked down for a month. And so part of the problem is the drastic lockdown. Uh, you know, we can debate, is that good? Is that bad? When does it make sense? But a big part of the problem is how sudden it was. So the city really wasn't prepared for this. So what? what's, I mean, just give us an update. What the, Some of the stories that I've heard, you know, like chaining up doors on apartment blocks in some cases, but, but basically everybody in some capacity has been affected, right? Where they're basically confined to home um, and, and that's it. Like that's, that's how strict this lockdown has become, right? Yes, it's very strict, you know, and the, um, and it, the enforcement and how, how people have fared vary a lot from neighborhood to neighborhood and apartment to apartment block. I'm from Shanghai, so I have a lot of family and friends there. And some of them are doing okay. You know, yeah. they're just kind of exhausted from being at home with their kids. Others are stressed out. So a former student of mine who you know, is a professional in Shanghai, he's Chinese, his wife is Chinese. They live in a profession, an upper middle class neighborhood. They didn't get government food deliveries for eight days after the announcement of the sudden lockdown. So, you know, in the end, they were fine. Uh, you know, they didn't have to take care of little children or elderly people, and they bartered and borrowed some lives from their neighbors. But it was getting pretty desperate. So what is the outbreak like right now, Dr. Chen? We take a look at what's happening here in North America, and we know we've heard reports of the sixth wave or whatever, but at least from what I'm seeing and from what's happening is we, we, we don't see the same sort of 
you know, extent of the outbreak, and we certainly don't see any of the public response. So what is the situation in China? How did they get to this point? So I think you know, there's a couple of factors. One is that China hasn't really prepared for any COVID because the strategy was always COVID zero. And, you know, going and at some point, it was sort of clear, I think, to most people who were observing this, COVID zero wasn't going to be possible anymore. Just because, you know, we learned a lot about the disease. And at some point, it, it seemed pretty clear that this is a disease that we have to live with. But um, unlike other parts of the world, the success of the COVID zero strategy in the early part of China's pandemic experience was counterproductive for the second part, this later part, because if people just weren't prepared for it, the mm-hmm. government wasn't prepared for it, they're not set up for it. And that and that's important for a couple of reasons. One is that the elderly population are not vaccinated. So if you look at the U.S., which has, you know, doesn't uh, people vary uh, in Canada, people vary in their attitudes towards vaccines. But the over 75, over 80 and high risk population are essentially 100, have almost perfect vaccination rates. In China, it's the opposite. The young people have very high vaccination rates. It's almost 80% for the whole country. But for those over 80, 40% have not had a single shot. So that makes them very vulnerable. And people have pointed out that one of the reasons that Hong Kong had the world's highest mortality rate from COVID was because of this unvaccinated elderly population. And I think this is one reason why, you know, the government and other people are really scared about Omicrons. You know, Europeans, North Americans, we just live with Omicron because vaccinated people seem to fare reasonably well. Yeah. But in China, it's not like that, right? Their most at-risk population um, are unvaccinated. So if they loosen up and Omicron comes through, people are going to die. So what's the way out of this? I mean, how, how do they go forward? Because this lockdown, um, you know, like you say, it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not working as well as maybe it did before. What's, what's the answer here? How do they solve this? I think the answer is actually pretty straightforward. So China, you know, the Chinese state has a very high capacity for public messaging and grassroots mobilization. They should utilize those resources to get the elderly vaccinated. And the the other issue, of course, is that people are dubious about the efficacy of the Chinese vaccine versus the mRNA vaccine. Mm -hmm. This is also something that they need to address. They need to increase public trust and have transparent, you know, randomized evaluations of the different vaccines, be very open about the results. And then whatever vaccine is most effective, whether it be the Chinese or the mRNA, they need to buy them or produce them and make them available to the public and vaccinate the elderly. At the same time, they need to change their public messaging. They have to step away from COVID zero and prepare the Chinese people for the fact that they're going to live with COVID and there's always going to be some cases and some deaths and more waves, right? Right, They're sure. still dealing with Omicron wave one. Uh, the U.S. and North and Canada are already dealing with Omicron wave two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, in, uh, the, the the COVID zero strategy, uh, we'll see how it goes. G- great insight, Dr. Chen. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. That is Dr. Nancy Chen, who is... Uh, bringing us some insight on what's happening in Shanghai. It really is remarkable if you see the story of what's going on there.